0: Today is May third, 2021. In our first story, prominent Democratic strategist James Carville is warning that voters do not want wokeness, and the DNC chair agrees. This wokeness surge may actually pave the way for Republicans to win again in 2022 and maybe even 2024. In the next story, May Day riots happened, and now Target, which was the target of looting, has put up a mural that seems to show people burning a building down and they're celebrating, which is strange for corporate art. And in our last story, Joe Biden's ratings flop, CNN's ratings flop. And this means traditional liberals have fallen back to sleep and the Republicans may have a very easy path towards winning in 2022. Before we get started, leave us a good review on the podcast if you like it and give us five stars. Now, let's get into that first story. The Democratic Party is in trouble. Joe Biden's ratings for his speech are in the gutter. Mainstream media ratings are in the gutter. Traditional liberals have won narrowly. And from this, they're going back to sleep. They're no longer going to pay attention. Well, this happens every time there is a major election, a presidential election. When the Democrats win, they go, hey, we did it. And then they're gone. But the bigger problem here is not the routine trend of Democrats not paying attention. It is that wokeness is souring among the general public and may lead to Republicans winning in 2022 and maybe even 2024, depending on who runs. Right now, famous Democratic strategist James Carville is warning the Democrats that this wokeness is divisive and regular people don't care about it. The DNC chair agrees, imploring Democrats to speak plain English. But when we look at some voting districts right now, it would seem that without the rage from traditional liberals against Donald Trump, they're going to lose because many people, they didn't like Trump. They voted against him. And moderates hearing about state-sanctioned racism naturally say, nah, I don't want any of that. Now, you need to understand, wokeness isn't just critical race theory. Though many people focus on critical race theory, leftist identitarianism, involves every aspect of identity. What the Democrats want, or I should say the woke Democrats want is policy based on general identity, which could be your gender. It could be your race. It could be your age. That's what they're fighting for. And regular people don't like systemic discrimination and they oppose this. This is resulting in some interesting things. Now that traditional liberals have lulled back to sleep and Republicans and conservatives are still on the offensive. It's really bad news for Democrats, especially when you start smacking them in the face because they're white. Eventually, they're not going to like this. Eventually, they're going to start hearing from their children in schools what's going on, and eventually they're going to get angry and start pushing back. While the woke cult has permeated even into the CIA and many uh, many of our cultural institutions, it doesn't mean the war is completely over, though many have said, and even I've alluded to the fact that the woke may have won. They may have won the ground, but as I also said, the resistance still exists and it's never over. People are still going to push back and challenge this. Now, I don't think it's necessarily a ultimate victory for disaffected liberals because this basically means that regular people will probably just vote Republican because they're not woke. Or well, Republicans don't put forth policy positions that I completely agree with, and I'm not a fan of the Republican Party as it stands. I think they're mostly just milk toast obstructions so that regular people who don't like the stuff can't actually get past them. If people like Mitch McConnell are running and that's all you get, then I don't know what you're actually going to do to stop the rise of wokeness. Unless, of course, people rise up even on the Democratic Party side and say, enough. We don't want this. And I have to imagine even Democrats are starting to get upset with their kids coming home from school, telling them about insane racist ideologies, or when a, when a young white child is told that they're an oppressor, even though they may actually be poor. And that is the big problem with critical race theory. Though, don't, don't get me wrong. There's still critical gender theory. Let's take a look at what the Democrats are saying about wokeness and why it's a problem. And then I want to show you an election that in, in, in a district, Joe Biden narrowly won flipping 70% against wokeness. If the Republicans can maintain this course and maybe pay attention to what like Ron DeSantis is doing, maybe they'll actually win and win very well in 2022. But hey, that's still a long ways away. We'll see how, we'll see how it goes. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member by clicking the big members only button. You can go to the members area and we have a ton of exclusive segments only available to our members. A huge library of full podcast episodes with people like Andrew Branca, a legal analyst talking about the Derek Chauvin case. We've got Michael Knowles talking. I think it was like an hour long. We're talking about religion, a really great discussion on religion and philosophy. And you can get access to this over at TimCast.com in the members area. But don't forget to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Let's read about why the Democrats are finally starting to realize why wokeness is bad news. And, and you know what? I, I really do hate the word wokeness and woke. But let's be real. I can't fit leftist identitarianism in a YouTube title. So I think wokeness is sufficient. Also considering it's the colloquial word we use to describe this. Okay, let's read the news from Fox. They say, Democratic National Committee Chairman Jamie Harrison agreed with strategist James Carville's analysis that their party has an issue with wokeness and elitism, imploring party candidates to speak plain English. Harrison addressed Carville's criticism Friday during an appearance on MSNBC Morning Joe, telling host Willie Geist that he also gets frustrated with a the, with the phraseology that some in the party use, seemingly referring to Carville calling out Democrats for using jargony language like Latinx. Latinx, Latinx, whatever. In his interview with Vox, Carville argued Democrats were being elitist by not speaking like everyday voters and connecting with them, which he said could prevent the party from building a bigger majority in Congress. Geist noted it was Harrison's job to build a majority for Democrats and asked him what he thought of Carville's take. The Democratic Party is viewed by many across the country as coastal elite, arrogant party. Listen. I love Carville, and there's some truth to what he says, Harrison said. And ultimately, working people just want somebody and their leaders to speak plain English, to speak to them in a way that they operate in the space that they can operate in. Sometimes I get frustrated as well with some of the terms and phraseology that's out there. But what we have to do is this, Willie. Ultimately, we have to see people where they are. We have to see them. We have to hear them. We have to value them. And ultimately, for us as leaders, we have to fight them. He went on to say that the approach would help his party's candidates gauge where the American people are so the party could build on its majorities. Well, the woke are not happy with this. They're angry. And for some reason, there is this weird alliance between the Democrats and the cult. But I'll take it. I guess it's because it's similar enough to their ideology, or at least the language they use. I think what actually happens is, the the leftist identitarians, the people who want government policy based on their race or gender or how they or or their personal identity, which could be amorphous or nebulous, these people use things like anti-racism and diversity to convince people that they're the good guys when in fact what they're proposing is literally state-sanctioned racism. That would be government policy to reject. Or administer certain programs or policies against a person based on their race. Most people don't like that. Now, I'd imagine you watching, maybe you're white, maybe you're not. You would not be happy if someone said, because of your race, you're not welcome in this building. You can't get a loan. Recently, we heard that farmers were suing the government because certain loan forgiveness programs are being dished out based on race. Basically, if you're white, you can't get your loan forgiven, which makes no sense. Well, I guess to the cultists, it makes sense. Well, here's an interesting case from NOLA.com, April 25th. Quote, voters voted against wokeness. How Troy Carter defeated Karen Carter Peterson. Not the most important election, most important election in the country, but it was a moderate Democrat versus a progressive Democrat and the progressive lost. And we saw the same thing back in 2018. The Economist reported, I think there was something like 79 races, primary races, and like 71 losses for progressives. I think when the woke go to people and say something like we should have a government policy that bans people based on race, regular people go, what? Why would I vote for that? But when it comes to Donald Trump, people voted for Joe Biden. Joe Biden, of course, does want to embrace much of this wokeness, which I think will ultimately backfire. Joe Biden has rescinded Donald Trump's executive order on banning critical race theory. Joe Biden very much supports a lot of this critical gender theory stuff. You know, I'm not going to get too much into it, but the idea is, yeah, he does. I wouldn't call him particularly far left economically, but he certainly does like the wokeness. This means that traditionalists, conservatives, Republicans, many disaffected liberals are going to be actively on offense for the next several years watching Joe Biden do these things. But the power from the Democrats often comes from traditional liberals who are whipped into a frenzy by the media. And they're not going to be able to do that without Donald Trump. Unless, of course, Donald Trump begins his MAGA rallies again. And unless, of course, Donald Trump does run in 2024. That is exactly what the Democrats need. Interestingly, the Lincoln Project ran an ad or is currently running an ad that mocks Donald Trump saying that Mitch McConnell pulled a fast one. And it's really weird because it seems like it's trying to reverse psychology Trump into running again. And I think it probably is if Donald Trump gets active, traditional liberals start paying attention again because they're they're pretty much uninterested in politics unless they can be angry at Trump. Then the Democrats get the support they need. But if Trump stays out of it and someone like Ron DeSantis takes charge, they're going to, of course, smear DeSantis, but they won't be able to do nearly as much as they did with Trump. Trump was a bombastic figure. Let's take a look at some predictions as to what might happen, starting with this Dallas Fort Worth suburb. And an interesting shift in the elections. NBC News says in bitterly divided election in South Lake, Texas, opponents of anti-racism education win big. I love the propaganda from NBC News. Who wrote this? M- Mike Hicksonboe and Antonia Hilton. First, let me just point out, it was not bitterly divided. Candidates who opposed a local school diversity plan took about 70% of the vote in the wealthy Dallas-Fort Worth suburb.
1: Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com slash Carlson. I'm talking big money items, like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com slash Carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com slash Carlson. That's carshield.com slash Carlson.
0: Okay. That's not bitterly divided. That's like a strong majority in concurrence. I also love how they call it a diversity plan. They're not diversity plans. It's state sanctioned racism, but sure, let's read what NBC News says. Nine months after officials in the affluent Carroll Independent School District introduced a proposal to combat racial and cultural intolerance in schools, voters delivered a resounding victory Saturday to a slate of school board and city council candidates who opposed the plan. In an unusually bitter campaign that echoed a growing national divide over how to address issues of race, gender, and sexuality in schools, Candidates in the city of South Blake were split between two camps, those who supported new diversity and inclusion training requirements for Carroll students and teachers, and those backed by a political action committee that was formed last year to defeat the plan. Notice how the framing is from NBC News. This is the mainstream corporate establishment propagandizing for critical theory and not just critical race theory, but critical theory in general. That includes critical gender theory. I am kind of frustrated with some of these, these prominent speakers in critical race theory because they're hitting at only one small component of the issue, and that is wokeness is not just about race. It's about identity as a whole. It is essentialism versus constructivism. These people believe that human beings are generic gray blobs that can be formed in anything. I think it's fair to say that nature and nurture both exist and both play a role. Well, these people are nurture extremists. They don't believe nature plays a role at all, which is kind of ridiculous because sometimes people are short and sometimes people are tall. However, there are many anti-woke individuals who only talk about the racial component of it, ignoring the fact that one of the issues lighting up parents is the transgender sporting issue. Caitlyn Jenner recently came out and said that it's unfair for... I I, I don't don't want to put words in Caitlyn's mouth, but typically the issue is, as we've heard from Joe Rogan and now from Caitlyn Jenner, that people born biologically male who transition to women to compete in women's sports have an unfair advantage. That's what their claim is. And because of that, many parents are starting to get alarmed, wondering, assuming this is true, whether or not their biologically female daughters will be able to win and get scholarships. I'm using very uh, specific language here just for the sake of for you to understand, because I'm not trying to make an argument about that. Specifically, I'm trying to make an argument about Democrats and Republicans and not get sidetracked into talking about critical theory in depth. Okay, so I hope you understand that point. Anyway, I digress. Parents are starting to wake up to what's really going on politically, and it seems that when people see this, they typically don't like it. Whether you do or not is an entirely different factor. This was an election, seventy two thirty, 30 the anti-woke won. They say on one side, progressives argue that curriculum and disciplinary changes were needed to make all children feel safe and welcome in Carroll, a mostly white but quickly diversifying school district. On the other, conservatives in Southlake rejected the school diversity plan as an effort to indoctrinate students with far-left ideology that, according to some, would institutionalize discrimination against white children and those with conservative Christian values. This is a lie. They're trying to use language and an understanding from 20 years ago. I was very much opposed to moral authoritarianism from religious groups. I am not in favor of people injecting their religious morals onto other people. And I have many friends who are very staunchly Christian, Catholic, and conservative. And we all get along because we recognize we're each going to do our own things. Now, there are many people who I'd probably agree with on some issues here who are, I don't know what you'd call it very much more authoritarian in favor of Christian conservatism. While I may agree with some issues about free speech, I keep my eye on some of these people. Some of these conservatives who are prominent probably would not be for free speech once they gain that speech. You take a look at the, the reports about Mike Lindell's social network. Apparently, he's saying something like you can't use the Lord's name in vain on his free speech social platform. You see how it works? I'm not a fan of any moral authoritarians. I do understand a problem, though. Without standing up, for what you believe in and protecting your society and its rules, just saying live and let live. Well, it doesn't do enough because it allows authoritarians to take over. And this is a point made by leftists, the paradox of intolerance, that if you tolerate the intolerant, eventually the intolerant win. And that's true, which means there's got to be, I guess, got to be some limits. But I do believe for the most part in free speech, even for those who I don't like, But the reality is there's always some speech most people aren't going to agree with. Navigating the space is very difficult. Suffice it to say, the woke left has crossed a line for regular Americans, which may pave the way for Republicans to win because the Democrats are starting to sound a little crazy. Now, I showed you what NBC News says, but let me show you the overt propaganda you you can understand. From Reuters, Republicans ask Biden to withdraw divisive proposal to teach more black history. Okay, I'm sorry. This is about stopping the 1619 Project, not black history. The 1619 Project is basically a work of fiction. Many historians have already come out criticizing it. There have been corrections made to it. And it's even getting roasted by the World Socialist website. So 1619 Project is not considered historical fact. It's considered divisive ideology and historical revisionism. Republicans don't want that taught. Reuters calls it black history. Sorry, that's not true. But going back to this district, I want to show you what's really interesting, and I want to show you where this is bad news for Democrats. It's a bitterly divided election. Let's take a look at this district. Texas's 24th district includes this suburb. They say Joe Biden won 52 percent to 47 percent. Think about that. Joe Biden is pushing fairly woke principles like, like I mentioned, he, he rescinded Donald Trump's executive order banning critical race theory trainings in the government and contracting, contracting with companies that do. But people still voted for him. Why? Two reasons, I think. One is that people really did not like Donald Trump. This woke up traditional liberals and made them vote against Trump. This is from from Cook PVI, a R plus two district, a Republican district. You get rid of Donald Trump. And I mean, like he's not running anymore. And then you wake people up to, uh, you, you, you get people to, to be woke to the horrors that is critical theory in general, the discrimination against a person based on immutable, immutable characteristics, and regular people are going to be like, nah. Now, this is just one affluent suburb. So maybe it won't have a, you know, a complete, a, a massive impact necessarily. But I do think 70-30 is fairly substantial in a district that went 52 to 47, but if we zoom in a little bit to Denton County, we can see that Trump actually did win the county where this city is, 53.3% to 45.2. Not really 70-30, but still a Trump victory. So I'm not going to pretend like it's the, it's the apocalypse for the woke left. I think there is a great battle before those who are anti-woke and believe in classically liberal values. And I don't mean traditionally liberal, I mean classical. That you believe in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You believe in the vision to to a certain extent of the founding fathers. And you respect America for everything it's done in giving people civil rights. There's a a, a great battle before us because the critical race theorists don't believe these things. These people, in my opinion, are, are just completely out of it. They are authoritarians. They are in a cult. They follow dogma. They don't care for truth. They say objective reality doesn't exist. And that's scary. They, they align themselves, the Democrats, claiming to be the party of science and they outright reject science. And that's where you can see the true corruption of the Democratic Party when they start acting like science doesn't exist because these people follow dogma, tribe, not reality. And the reality is Many of these people have started intermixing the ideas within gender critical gender theory and science, arguing that male and female as scientific categories don't exist. I'm sorry, that's, male and female literally exist as scientific categories, and it's just a fact. Now, okay, science can change, so maybe in 100 years they'll be like, look at that guy, he was wrong, or maybe they'll just believe other things. But you can argue that gender and biological sex are different, but what's happened now is because it's mostly tribalism. And because many people don't understand these concepts, they're now mixing the two as if they're one and the same, arguing there aren't just two sexes. There are, and there are some, and, and there is intersex, but these people have begun mixing gender and sex, which brings me to say that it's not scientific. So the Democratic Party is embracing moral authoritarian fiction, and that's just a reality. Now, I want to show you what's going on with the 1619 Project. As I mentioned, Reuters calls it black history. That's not true. We can see this. Tom Elliott tweets 1619 project creator and Hannah Jones on efforts to ban making it part of school curriculums. This is fundamentally a free speech issue. It's not about the facts of history. It's about trying to prohibit the teaching of ideas that they don't like. Think about that for two seconds. What have we classical liberals, social liberals typically supported? And I don't consider myself to be classical liberal in yeah, the modern colloquial sense, because it typically refers to a center right position. I've always considered myself to be a bit of a social liberal leaning center uh, center left. But classical liberal values I do reference in relation to the forming of this country. What does it mean to have free speech and what did we fight for? Well, there are many people who wanted to have prayer in public schools. And we argued that a public institution should not be teaching ideologies because that should be separate. If we all have different ideologies and we're all in school, then we shouldn't have, you know, ideological values being taught. It should just be fact-based in history. It gets challenging because where do you draw the line on ideology? It's hard to know for sure. With religion, we kind of have a clear distinction. Okay, we know Christianity is a religion. So we all said, hey, no praying, no, no prayer being taught in schools. I certainly think if somebody wants to pray, they can. Well, now we hear that the 1619 Project creator is saying it's a free speech issue, Since when was free speech about mandating public schools teach something? Since when was free speech about protecting the speech of the state? Sorry, it's not. And James Lindsay makes a great point. Actually, not this one. This one. He says free speech is for individuals, not governments. Don't be fooled by manipulative arguments. PSA on free speech and banning critical race theory. The First Amendment prohibits the state or people acting with the authority of the state. From suppressing speech by the people, it does not prohibit the people from prohibiting speech by the state or people acting with the authority of the state. The Hatch Act, for example, prohibits government employees from engaging in partisan speech in their capacity as government employees. That is perfectly fine. The people need protection from the state. The state does not. It serves the people. Telling public schools you can't teach something is not banning free speech, the public schools are government-run institutions. They should actually be under the control of the people. This is where it gets interesting. If the people then vote to teach critical race theory, then I guess they could, or critical theory in general. However, if these districts are voting against it, it's not banning speech, or I should say it's not banning free speech. It's restricting what the government is teaching people. And I just want to point out with another tweet from James Lindsay, you think I actually believe these people care about any of this racism stuff? When 48 people voted against this bill, this amendment that would have protected Asians from discrimination, Ted Cruz proposed an amendment to a, a to a bill that would have prohibited federal funding for any institution or of higher education that discriminates against Asians in recruitment, applicant review or admission. And 48 Democrats said, nay. They, they want to be able to discriminate against Asians. Yes, of course they do, because they are racists. Critical race theory is state-sanctioned racism. It is anti-scientific. It is it is constructivist, and it is becoming prominent, and people are starting to wake up to what this means. Over at the ACLU, February 11th, 2021, I love this one. They say the ACLU of Iowa is strongly opposed to House File 222, which bans K-12 through public schools. Uh, community colleges and state universities from using any United States history curriculum that in whole or in part is derived from the 1619 Project. The ACLU says this bill is an incredibly harmful government attempt at censorship with the goal of shutting down ideas and preventing students from students from being exposed to an important discussion on the impact and legacy of slavery in our country. Except the 1619 Project is not real. Historians have come out basically saying it's a bunch of bunk nonsense. So I don't know who you want to trust in that regard. Maybe those historians are wrong, but even I think the founder, uh, the, the creator of the project said it wasn't meant to be an actual historical depiction. If someone says schools shouldn't teach ideology, then vote on it, I suppose. It's not censoring free speech. And it's interesting that the ACLU sounds a whole lot like Christian conservatives from the 90s and 2000s saying we should be allowed to teach prayer in schools. No, you can reject Religious studies in public schools, and you can reject ideological studies all the same. I understand there's 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 an unfortunate reality here. History is written by the victors, so what do you do? When we read our history books, it's favorable to the U.S. in many respects. So it's fine, in my opinion, if there's realities about our history that we should learn. It's another thing when some random person decides to write fake, uh, you know, fake history, revisionist history for a newspaper and then acts like it's it's something worthy of being in schools. This person's not a historian. Sorry, she's not. She's just writing woke garbage. Maybe people are starting to wake up to it and they don't like it. Even The New York Times has published this op-ed, When Wokeness Becomes Weakness. Now I'll tell you where I get really scared by all this stuff. We have this from the Daily Mail. The CIA's woke recruitment video gets panned. Recruit uh, recruit describes herself as intersectional cisgender millennial diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder in clip ridiculed online. I don't care to make fun of somebody. I I, I have no no qualms with this individual. I just think the issue is why is the CIA recruiting wokeness on, on the basis of wokeness? Isn't the CIA supposed to be a strong organization? That's kind of worries me. If our CIA is being compromised by cult ideology, how will they do their jobs? Our CIA CIA needs to be discerning, intelligent and analytical and tracking real threats. If they're part of a weird cult, (laughs) they might start looking for the wrong thing. Makes sense, I guess. That's why they're so upset. The FBI is so obsessed with January 6th and doesn't seem to care at all about the ongoing year long riots. Therein lies the problem. Destructive riots. Destructive ideology and its subsidiaries and its allies are ripping this country to shreds. And our CIA seemingly is in agreement with it. This won't end with the woke controlling things because we're already seeing people revolt against this stuff. It's going to end with people outraged, pushing back and saying, I've had enough. And it's only then, I guess, we'll start seeing the decoupling, which may be already happening because of sanctuary states like California because of now sanctuaries in places like, I uh, am um, not, I think it's in, in, in Texas, where they're banning abortion outright, people are saying to the federal government, "Now we don't care. We, we don't care what you rule. What are you going to do about it? And uh, to be honest, what can the federal government really do about it? I'm not entirely sure where this all goes because I'm not a psychic. But I can tell you that in 2022, if this pace is, you know, re- remains on track the way it is, then I certainly believe Republicans stand a good chance of winning. Democrats have fallen asleep. This is what happens every time they win. I'll tell you what happens if it's not, if there's no pushback. Take a look at this. In a video from Andrew Doyle, he tweets, in this video, the police officer claims that the preacher is being arrested for hate crime following complaints that he caused distress by quoting from the Bible. Is there more to this case? Or does the Bible now officially qualify as hate speech? This is the UK. They don't have free speech. They pretend to. A preacher was standing on a chair quoting from the Bible. They said it was hate speech. That's absurd. People should be allowed to preach the Bible. One of the reasons we came to the uh, colonists came to the US was to flee religious persecution. So I'm not surprised the UK continues on with its history of targeting people based on what they believe. But make no mistake. If we don't stand up and push, push back against critical theory, this stuff will come here as well. Now, we have a constitution, but the constitution is only as strong as the people holding it up to defend us. If we stop defending the constitution, then it erodes further and further, and then eventually there's nothing left to protect us. The Second Amendment is already the worst pile of Swiss cheese. The Tenth Amendment seemingly meaningless at this point. And the First Amendment is under siege as well. The woke left wants to ban hate speech. You can't really define it for the most part, but they want to do it. And that means... You will have to learn to live under the boot of the woke far left. But perhaps the backfire is significant. Perhaps James Carville and the DNC chair freaking out about this is a good sign. Moderate Democrat wins in, in Louisiana's special election for, I think it's a state Senate seat. Or I'm, I believe it may be. That's good news. Wokeness hasn't actually been winning elections a whole lot. I do think Donald Trump created this problem, however. It was good that he was fighting against it. But the problem was that it woke up people who had no business being in politics and aligned them with the woke. I know people who had never uttered a political word in their lives, who did not vote for Obama, who did not vote for him the second time and didn't vote for Hillary Clinton, coming out and saying they'd vote for Joe Biden because Trump was bad. They couldn't tell you why Trump was bad, but Trump certainly made him angry. So maybe Trump should not run in 2024. Ron DeSantis should. Trump is too polarizing. Now, a lot of people really want Trump to run. They, they, th- they believe that Trump, you know, running is, is, is going to be a landslide. I don't think so. I think if Trump runs, they're going to scream and say, he's back. Oh, what do we do? I think DeSantis should run. Oh, they'll smear him. They'll lie about him. But this will not rouse the sleeping traditional liberal the same way Trump will. Trump is a bombastic guy. They take him out of context. Ron DeSantis, they can get out of context. Ron DeSantis, they can smear, but he doesn't talk like Trump. He'd probably stay quiet, keep his mouth shut, and make it much more difficult for them. They will not be able to rile up traditional liberals and wake them up the same way they did with Trump. Trump didn't know when to keep his mouth shut to save his own presidency. That's true. I heard it over and over again from Trump fans saying they wish he would just shut up a bit. But again, as per usual, we'll see because I don't know what can happen. A lot can happen between now and 2022. But I do think that wokeness is offending regular people. And you'll find more and more moderate types and independent types, people like me, saying, I don't want to have anything to do with that. So maybe they won't vote for, for, for Republicans, but maybe they won't vote for Democrats either. And we'll see. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. May Day has just passed. And for those that aren't familiar with May Day, it is May 1st. It is a far left holiday. It's not officially a holiday for us in the, in the traditional sense. But for far leftists, they go around protesting and rioting. And I love this story from Fox News. May Day protest. 14 arrested in Seattle after peaceful protest gives way to clashes. Police said at least one bystander was pelted by eggs on the street. Fox News playing that peaceful protest game. My friends, have you realized it yet? You've lost. We've lost. I've lost. You've lost, sure. I don't think there's ever a time where in, in the world of politics it's just done. Like there won't be resistance and there won't be pushback, because there is. But sorry, everybody. If you're of the principled classical liberal variety, in terms of like, you know, the the, the original ideas of the Founding Fathers and life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You're on the outs. The mainstream media, including conservatives, don't really support you. The police do not support you. For the most part, many cops are quitting. We're seeing police shortages across the country because cops want to, many of them, support the Constitution for which they have sworn an oath. And then there are a lot of people who just don't care and just want money. And if you are on this side, the best thing you have going for you in terms of fighting back is the toast McConnell Republican Party. That's right. What does Mitch McConnell ever do? Nothing. Obstructs. The Republican Party doesn't fight for anything. and That's why people voted for Trump. Now, of course, there's going to be riots over May Day. I like how Fox News even calls it a peaceful protest. But I'm sorry, I have the definition of riot. And they say a violent disturbance of the peace. I'm pretty sure if a bystander is hit with eggs, you've graduated to riot. But they're like, but it's 93% peaceful. Dude. If there's a large group of people and they're marching peacefully, I'm all about it. The moment people use that as cover to engage in violence and the people marching peacefully say we must respect the diversity of tactics as they do almost every single time you're aiding and abetting. Okay, now I'm not going to blame the legitimate peaceful protesters for the actions of the violent people, but that means if you are peaceful, you must stop those who are being violent. They don't do that. I've been down to these events. We've seen it. Ask any one of the journalists. They say, these these, these peaceful protesters say, respect the diversity of tactics. Right. So you're going to a bank because you want money. And the people who show up with you are violent and robbing that bank. And you're like, well, we're all going to form a big crowd, which effectively provides cover for the people robbing the bank. We're not going to take any responsibility for allowing this to happen for encouraging people to come out and demand money from the bank we weren't violent it was them but we do respect their diversity of tactics yeah if you do that you're going to get arrested too but let me show you where we're at i'm not i, I don't i don't care all that much for may day protest riot whatever you want to call it because it's predictable it's not it doesn't stand out right it's not like you know we've got these police shooting instances what's happening with the, with the police departments is the cops who are not on the woke train are being driven out, and they're being arrested and charged when they, when, when, whenever they can be. And I do think many cops should leave, and they should leave sooner rather than later, simply because if you wait, they will slowly erode the core of the department, replacing good cops with zealot cops or just bad cops. They want the woke cult, the extremists. Now, you got the useful idiot antifa types. They don't know what they want. But the smarter organizers, they want drone-like cops. They don't want cops who won't have none of this. All right. So one of the complaints they say is like these cops, they just don't care. They're not paying attention. It's inhuman. No, no, that's not true. Right. We saw this in the video in California where a guy was they were restraining a woman, and one of the cops goes to punch the woman. The other cop grabs him and stops him. That's not. That's that's not like it never happens. But they want you to believe that all cops are zombie drones. Now, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of cops who are zombie drones. I've met uh, many who are, and I've met many who aren't. They got to get rid of free thinking cops. They got to get rid of cops who are like, I can't do that. I got a constitution of which I think they are now becoming few and far between. Replace them with cops who are like, I don't care about the constitution. Just give me money. That's what they say. So let me show you this. Welcome to the woke corporate takeover. Michael Tracy tweets, inspiring corporate-sponsored art now adorning the target in Minneapolis that was looted last year. I love this, uh, this, this art, Michael Tracy posted, because it looks, like, <laughs> it looks like the building's on fire. Look at this. What is this art right here? I can't tell you. I don't know what it's supposed to be. To me, it looks kind of like shelves on fire or buildings on fire and people staring at it with their fists up and says, I can't breathe. Is this a burning building? I mean, it. There's a person. There's is a person wearing a mask. This might just be a woman in a hijab wearing a mask. And these people, I don't. I don't know. Is it supposed to be people in like niqab or hijab? I, they're wearing body suits. Look, like their fists are covered. I don't know what that is, but it does look like a burning building. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not the intention. But uh, it certainly seems like the corporations, the woke corporations, are fully on board and supporting this. So I hear from a lot of people, they say, Back the blue, baby! Say, Back the blue. Gotta, gotta defend those cops. All right, let me show you some stuff. This is what you get. First of all, let me say this If you're a conservative and you live in suburban or rural areas, why are you defending police? Ah, I understand. I think most people who are defending the cops don't realize. That cops in big democratic urban metros are not the same as your suburban cops or your rural sheriff's department. AOC even said this to her credit. She said, we want urban policing to look like suburban policing. And I'm like, okay, sure. I lived in the suburbs at the time. I had a great local police department. They were a police department. They serviced this this area, mainly just my town. But they're, you know, they work with the other uh, departments in and around these suburban uh, small towns. And they were great absolutely I no, never had an issue with them it was it was remarkably different from living in Chicago where the cops just don't care about you and treat you like trash and Chicago's got serious cop problems but these cops are fantastic now I'm out in the middle of nowhere we don't even have a police department i think we have we just we have, we have a sheriff's department we have like almost no services so you got to take care of yourself and you know out here no issues you're responsible for yourself what ends up happening in my opinion is these conservatives Equate the, the the sheriff's department and like local police departments and suburbs with big city urban metros. That's a bad bad idea. You need to understand, the cops who live in these areas may lean conservative for obvious reasons, but they're still big city blue Democrat voting urban metro people. Don't defend them. If the left wants to complain about stop and frisk in New York, you don't live there. I guess if you're a conservative in New York City, you can be like, hey, I leave the cops alone. Sure, whatever, but. How many conservatives really live in New York City? It's like 20% maybe. So I get it. There's a lot. But maybe you shouldn't be living there, paying all of these taxes into this system that you know is corrupt and empowering more corrupt people at the federal level. I bring you now to a tweet from Andy No, Andy says, breaking, far left protesters follow a man who is brandishing a bat in downtown Portland. One says he will slit the man's throat and mutilate him anti Antifa protester Amanda Sieb, in a wheelchair, urges people to back off. Police arrest the man who complies. I don't know much about this video. I can't show it because YouTube will probably take the video down if I do. But you can find it on Andy No's Twitter at, uh, at Mr. Andy No. In the video, there's a man and he's wearing uh, some kind of tactical vest. I don't know if it's a bulletproof vest. He's He's got a baseball bat and gloves and he's backing away, warning people to stay away from him. Okay, Maybe he instigated something earlier on. No idea. In this video, based on what I see, he's backing away, warning people who are advancing on him. One guy's holding something that many people said is a machete. I don't know if it is. It might be a baton. Either way, this man is retreating while others back towards him. Eventually, they get, they, they back up and there's a police vehicle. The police get out and yell, drop the bat. One cop draws his gun. Dude drops the bat, gets on his knees, puts his hands on his head, immediately complies with the cops. The cops then apologize. And I don't mean literally in the sense like, I'm so sorry. Like they're, they're, they're apologetic to the Antifa people advancing on this guy. There's uh, the woman with her dog in a wheelchair. The guy goes, I'm, I'm so, the cop, he goes, I'm sorry. Could you just keep your puppy out of the road? I just don't want your puppy getting hurt. Thank you so much. Deferential to the extremists. Is that a surprise to anybody? Now I don't know who this guy is. Maybe he's, he's, a, he's a nut job. Maybe he's a crazy person. Sure. My issue is if I see two people, one guy's backing up and one guy's advancing or a group of people. My immediate assumption is not that the guy backing away is the, is, is, the, is the perpetrator of some crime. However, if there is a concern that there's a guy walking around with a baseball bat, which you're not supposed to do in these cities, which I also think is kind of dumb, wouldn't you arrest the guy with the baton as well? Now, perhaps the cop didn't see the guy with the baton. Maybe the guy with the baton backed away and hit it once he realized there were cops there. Hey, Therein lies still the deeper problem of this. These cops will arrest the conservative and not the far left. We saw it in Portland before when a bunch of conservatives are protesting. These cops are probably not on your side. I find it hilarious that these people think they can go out yelling back the blue and supporting cops when they don't live in these big cities, not realizing these cops, many of them do live in the cities or often if they can't afford to in the surrounding suburbs, which tend to be more blue, probably are Biden supporters, probably are Democrats, probably aren't Antifa, but are absolutely not going to arrest the Antifa people when this guy, you know, when, when you can see this guy. It's a sad, it's a, it's a, it's a sad story. I tell you this. And it, it's the propaganda, the manipulation, it's, 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 it runs deep. Andy No tweeted, the Minneapolis Target store that was looted and burned during last year's BLM riots now displays a mural that celebrates arson. I don't know if I would go that far to say that, um, simply because I don't know what the art is, but it certainly appears to be that Andy is correct. Jesse Lane, I have no idea this is a real person, whatever, it's Twitter, tweeted, The mural does not celebrate arson. They're trying to appease the community to calm down so their store will be left alone in the event of future mayhem. That's not celebrating arson. They're not condoning it. What? Have you guys seen that really funny photo where it's like a Whole Foods and it says like racism is not welcome here and all the windows are smashed out? Here's what happens. These stores get looted and burned. The police do nothing, retreat, protect only government buildings, or even arrest those who want to stop it. If in the event they do arrest the arsonists, many of them are just released by the DAs because the whole thing's political, because the DA is a political position. Then these businesses say, the only thing we can do is just give the extremists what they want because there's no real resistance. So they do. They put up these messages and start telling the community, the riots are good. (laughs) We like the fire. The fire's great. They put up these murals. Meanwhile, the cops, the good ones who swear on the Constitution, they quit. And what's left are cops who are like, don't know, don't care, don't want problems, give me money. And that's what we're getting more and more of. So at a certain point, many conservatives need to realize the police department they think of in their minds, maybe going back 10 years, maybe the the nice cops they think they remember, they're gone. That's not happening anymore. What's going to happen now is you're going to have two groups, right and left, and they're going to say, we know who the media is going to side with. We know who the DA is going to side with. Just arrest the right. We don't care. And they'll arrest you. It'll be, it'll be very easy because the media will demonize you and frame everything in the most insane ways possible. Then when this starts seeping into school and there's some semblance of pushback, the media will jump out with the most beautiful, oh, beautiful propaganda. My, my, look. If I was, if, if Gordon Ramsay was doing one of his kitchen nightmares, but it was for media instead, he was in a newsroom, and he was making fake news, okay, really terrible analogy, by the way, he would just be gushing in one of his rare gushes over the beauty that is this propaganda. Oh, I just got to say, I am so impressed by this. Reuters reports I say reports that way because Republicans ask Biden to withdraw a divisive proposal to teach more black history. You heard that. (laughs) Wow. When I saw this, uh, this article, I gotta say I am impressed with Reuters. Talk about the most insane fake news you could ever see just punching you over and over in the face. Republicans ask Biden to withdraw a divisive proposal to teach more black history. As if to imply, Republicans are upset about black history. Now, I tell you, when you get milk, milk toast McConnell, who can't do anything, and he just sits there like the most pathetic leadership ever, oh, slow down there, Democrats. That's, 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 that's all he really does. What, what are they really doing? Okay, all right, Let me let me show you. McConnell and Republicans say Biden administration embrace of the 1619 project needs to stop divisive nonsense. Oh, the Republicans are saying that the Biden administration's push to include the fake news 1619 project into school curriculums is divisive nonsense. And so Reuters calls it black history. The decoupling is happening. The decoupling is happening. You want to call it a peaceful divorce? I don't care what you call it. Maybe it started with California and their sanctuary cities and sanctuary state. They said outright, we will not abide by federal law. Y'all can shove off. What ends up happening is that California can then bring in illegal immigrants, promising them they won't be deported and giving them benefits like health care. This then adds people to the census, which gives them more congressional seats, more power at the federal government, and it gives them more electoral votes. So whether or not the illegal immigrants actually do vote, California holds more power federally because of illegal immigrants. Following this, we see the expansion of Second Second Amendment sanctuaries. Many counties across the country, namely in blue states, places like Virginia, declare themselves to be Second Amendment sanctuaries, and they will not allow law enforcement to abide by state law or even federal law when it comes to banning guns. We've even seen, and I think it's Ohio, where they said they won't cooperate with the ATF. And I think West Virginia, Wyoming, and many other states are starting to do this. Many states are starting to say to the federal government, y'all can go F yourself, which brings me to Lubbock, Texas. And, and this is just an aside. I'll get back to the, uh, the, main, the, the other story. Lubbock, Texas voters okay abortion ban and declaring city a sanctuary for the unborn. The decoupling is happening. Mitch McConnell is weak and pathetic. The federal government is, is, is an absurdity, is, is, has become a, a group of silly, silly people that don't represent the states. And it's probably because of the disproportionate amount of power that states like California get because of the things they do and because of the system in place. The only result and uh, the only the only outcome I think that we'll end up seeing is collapse of some sort. Because West Virginia ain't going to agree with California and West Virginia is not going to sit around while California policy takes away their rights. It makes no sense. Look, if someone lives in California and San Francisco or LA or San Diego doesn't want guns, I get it. You know, make your arguments. But if somebody who lives in West Virginia, you know, wants guns, why should someone who lives in a big city tell West Virginia they can't do that? You see? So where do we go? Well, let me let me talk to you about the 1619 project and just just to give you a better understanding because they're not talking about black history. On the 1619 Project Wikipedia, they mention, they say, the World Socialist website, not conservative, published a series of interviews with prominent historians critical of the 1619 Project. They say in December 2019, a letter published in the New York Times by, by several historians expressed strong reservations with the project. In December, It, it just goes on and on and on. In January 2020, historian Dr. Susan Parker specializes in study of the colonial United States noted that slavery existed before any of the 13 colonies. She wrote an editorial. We get it. We get it. We get it. The 1619 Project is fake news. It's been corrected. There's been, you know, major changes. So Republicans aren't saying don't teach black history, but Reuters is infected by the cult. That's just how it is. The cult is now in the CIA as per this viral video where a cultist is like, I'm intersectional intersectional, just being code word for cultist. And I say cultist because you, you really need to understand this is not meant to be a, 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 an insult. It's meant to be taken literally. The woke have a dogma. They follow what are effectively preachers, uh, priests of their ideology. There's no real rules, right? So I look back at the, the 90s and 2000s when you would have many of the moral authoritarian uh, uh, Christian, right, saying things about the Bible, what the Bible says or, or doesn't say, and then you'd get points on the left where they're like, what about Leviticus? What about these rules that you disregard? And sure enough, I've never received a particularly good answer. I've just sort of, I've been given answers and I say, okay, fine. You know, if you believe that, whatever. But I feel it to be particularly contradictory to say some things don't don't apply and some things do. But I guess it's fair to point out many Christians say the New Testament kind of supersedes whatever. The point is, there are a bunch of wacky things that people don't abide by from multiple religions and then you look at the woke dogma and there's no real, there's no real rules to follow other than bend your knee to the mob and do as you're told. Like Wimixson, yeah, W-O-M-X-N is offensive and not offensive. And it's both simultaneously offensive or not. It's just about whether or not at the time the cult decides they will use it for power. Stop Asian hate, for instance. Well, when the woke mob decided they could use this to, to gain power, they did. And previously they'd been insulting Asians as white people. So you see, there's no real rules to that system. It's just an orthodoxy. Actually, it's not orthodoxy, not even fair. There's no real orthodoxy to it. It's just a cult. It's you are in or you are out. You abide by the rules or you don't. You follow us or else. And that's why apostates are more dangerous than non-believers Because somebody who was a part of it and then leaves, that's a problem. So they, they try to demonize anybody who might be, you know, black, maybe woke at some point. And then switches, they say, oh, they became alt-right, or they try and smear them because they don't want people from within coming out. It is basically a non-theistic religion. Now, there's some, there's some positive news from, from the Daily Mail. Anti-woke candidates opposed to critical race theory being taught in Dallas school win control of affluent district board with nearly 70% of the vote during bitterly contested election. It's not like there's no resistance. There is. It's just there's no real mainstream resistance. The police departments across the country and these major urban metros will bend over backwards to brutally beat a conservative given, you know, at any moment's notice. And the far left is gaining political control. They've gained political control in Minneapolis. They're gaining it in Seattle and Portland. And the cops that remain, in my opinion, are probably just crooked cops. I know there's a lot. I've had a lot of messages from cops where they're like, but I love my job. I don't want to leave. Do you live? Are you working in New York, Chicago, L.A., Portland, Seattle? Look, those cops are crooked. You know how I know? We just saw a video of cops not caring, being deferential to antifa. And again, I don't know what that guy did. Okay, so maybe they knew about something. Sure, fine. Maybe I'm wrong about that video. But we also know over 200 officers left the Seattle Police Department. Those cops probably had scruples. They didn't like the feeling they got deep down servicing corrupt politicians and arresting people who aren't doing anything wrong, maybe because they want to sell a hot dog during the COVID. But these protesters are allowed to defy all of the rules. It's about time you you, you realized the Republicans are offering, offering up no resistance. Mitch McConnell gets elected again and again and again. And so long as you have those roadblocks, there will never be real resistance and they will keep gaining power. Mitch McConnell serves as a roadblock to make sure that no one stands in the way of the Democrats. Lindsey Graham, very much the same. These are two guys who occupy space and get the politically uninitiated conservative types to just vote for them because better than Democrat, they say. And then what they do is they stand their arms crossed saying you can't go any further. And behind them, you see Democrats just smashing things. And you're like, "What, what what are you doing? Why are you blocking me? And they say, don't worry, we'll take care of it. And they don't do anything. Meanwhile, it just gets worse every day. At this pace, resistance or not, within the next two or three years, we are going to be living in in a wokeocracy, a leftist identitarian government where race is the predeterminant for how you get access to services and what you can do and where you can go. And we're almost entirely there. With the COVID lockdowns and all the rules around masks and everything, we now see what countries are doing. In Canada, for instance, they prioritize minorities. Or I shouldn't say minorities, I say non-whites. That's that's the you know in the US they tried doing it as well. And I think in Vermont they they actually proposed this. So where do you think this goes? The woke cult has gained enough power in government that the feckless and spineless conservatives won't do anything about. Now, I'm not talking about you as a conservative because you're watching a video. of this. I'm talking about Republican government where they're not really Republicans. They're rhinos. They claim to be conservative. So maybe it's fair to say the faux conservatives. They're in government and they're just being a roadblock to regular Americans who are saying no to this. Now, look, I'm all for a Star Trek future with a unified one, you know, one planet world, like one planet government, one world government, whatever you want to call it. But what what you need to be concerned about is if it's an authoritarian cult government where the ultra elites are allowed to do whatever they want, say whatever they want, and you don't. In Star Trek, that's not the case. They do have a one world government after hundred, you know, a couple hundred years of strife and chaos and world war. In this, it's a classically liberal future. They still have military hierarchy and people still have beachfront properties, but it's inevitable that we form these international ties and come to these agreements. The problem is those that are implementing it now are doing so in such a way that it would give the ultra elites power, creating a oligarchic system where regular people aren't allowed life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's where we're headed. More like the Borg than the Federation. And so if you're a fan of Star Trek as much as I am, then you would probably want to say no to the assimilation of the Borg and yes to the classical liberalism and the freedom and life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness of uh, the Federation. I suppose, though, you still have many people who are going to go into the voting booth and they're going to see Republican and they're going to stamp it down. And I, I, the only thing we can really do, I suppose, is just keep speaking about it and hope hope that people learn about what's happening and they see what's happening Because at this point, you know, seeing the police support the rioters, as we have several times now, it's a turning point. It is. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel, and I'll see you all then. In an op-ed for The Hill, Biden's poor TV ratings against Trump is exactly what this administration wants. Oh, you guys ever watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? There's an episode where they want to get in shape. And if you're not familiar with the show, it's about four sociopaths, basically, who are not particularly smart. Anyway, I digress. Two of the characters, Dee and Dennis, decide that they're going to get in shape. And they decide before they start exercising at the gym, they're going to take supplements. Dee then mentions that she's been having uh, um, extreme bowel movements, to put it mildly. And Dennis says, on the contrary, he hasn't had any at all. He goes on to explain this away, saying, oh, for you, it's your body flushing out the toxins. That's why you're in the bathroom so often. And for me, my body's now so efficient, it's using everything. Obviously, those are not good outcomes. And I bring this analogy up because we have a story where The Hill, Joe Concha, writes an opinion piece where it's like Biden's, Biden's miserable ratings and network viewership clips, it's, it's perfect. It means it's working. I love that. When people take these like pseudo scientific, like not real holistic, like, you know, like, you know, holistic medicine, people will be like, oh, if you take this, this weird, you know, uh, root, it will make you vomit everything up, which proves you're flushing out the toxins. Like, no, maybe it's making you sick. Anyway, I digress. This reminds me of that. Biden is failing. It's so miserable. Nobody cares Maybe that's a good thing. And a lot of, I guess, lull people back to sleep, I suppose. I think civic engagement would be very, very important. But maybe it's true. Maybe it is exactly what they want. Or maybe they're losing. Maybe the establishment can't maintain a hold. We all know the Oscar ratings are, have collapsed. We know that Biden's speech ratings collapsed. No one cares. Donald Trump was their existential threat. They go nuts. And with Donald Trump, people come out and they vote. With Joe Biden now, as I've said before, you can't have a government built upon hating someone else because other is not a focal point for politics. Like, not that. OK, that's, what are you voting for? Not that. Well, what is this guy going to do when he gets in? No one cares, even if what he's doing is horrifying. But I love it. The ratings are collapsing. That means it's working. Here's what, the, here's what Joe writes for The Hill. The 45th president was fairly obsessed with ratings, giving Donald Trump's experience as a TV reality show star that is not terribly surprising. He then goes on to mention Trump tweeting 44 times. I am not, I, I honestly, I, I don't care about Trump. Trump's obsessed with ratings. I don't care. He says you get the point. Trump saw big ratings as a sign of big love. Truth was and still is the former Apprentice star and real estate mogul was a modern version of the late Howard Cassell, who in the 1970s. TV Guide poll was voted as simultaneously the most liked and disliked man in America. That sums up the ratings explosion during the Trump presidency, in which a rising tide, okay, tsunami, lifted all media boats in terms of ratings and clicks to heights we may never see again. So it was no surprise to see President Biden's ratings fall far short of Trump's in the viewership department after he finally gave an address to a joint session of Congress. The differential was staggering for Trump's 2017 address, a joint session, 48 million people tuned in for Biden, 27, 26.9. I know they rounded up. For a guy who received more votes than any presidential candidate in US history, it would seem on the surface that this would be seen internally bad news for Team Biden. But this, this seems to be exactly what they want, a stealth presidency. Oh, they want no one to care and pay attention. OK, the reason why I don't believe that and think this argument is dumb is that Trump supporters and conservatives are still active, freaking out and fighting back against wokeness. And maybe this is why many people are starting to push back on the critical race theory, because without prominent media play, traditional liberals go back to sleep as we always, as we always see it. You've heard the story from me. I voted for Barack H. Obama in 2008, and I was excited. I mean, Kind of excited. I wasn't, you know, I wouldn't say I was particularly well versed for the most part, but I was like, all right, you know, he says he wants to end the war and all that stuff. Everybody was protesting this war and George W. Bush, and so I was like, all right, I'll vote for this guy. So I did. And Obama just kept the war stuff going. And all of a sudden, all those activists who were anti war just sort of disappeared. Well, what are we, we going to do? In fact, I think one of the biggest weaknesses of the Democratic Party is that once their president gets in, they stop paying attention they don't care anymore. And then it allows a Trump to get elected. Nobody liked Hillary Clinton. So what's happening now? With no interest enough to pay attention to what Biden is doing, the Republicans can go on the offensive. Not that I think Mitch McConnell and, you know, Lindsey Graham and some of these other Republican, you know, they're, they're higher up, you know, well, more well known. McConnell's basically the leader of the party. Although I think Trump is, I mean, in office. It gives room for a lot of local level politicians. It gives room for Ron DeSantis. The left stops fighting back to a certain degree. Without support from traditional liberals, the woke extremists have trouble pushing things through. And the socialist far left economic type individuals also have trouble because they need the liberals whom they so hate. Conservatives are sitting here watching, angry. Disaffected liberals liberals are sitting here watching, angry. Joe Biden Does not do enough to rally anyone. Sorry. Here's what they say. It would seem to be bad news, but this seems to be exactly what they want a stealth presidency. One that is tightly scripted and taking the protagonist off the stage while maintaining all the power he has as a leader of the free world, whose party also happens to have control of the House and the Senate. Despite the promises we heard at the beginning of his administration that Biden would be the most honest, transparent president we've seen in modern times, the plan appears to be avoid being the center of attention. Given how poorly the president does when speaking away from a teleprompter, it is understandable why. Although it doesn't remotely excuse avoiding accountability and scrutiny. No, what I think happened was Joe Biden is their silver medal. I know a lot of people said no, Tim. He's a participation trophy, but that would imply they didn't win. You know they won, but not with what they wanted. Biden was not who they wanted. I think they would rather have Kamala Harris. Unfortunately for them, you end up with Joe Biden. It was the best they could do, and boy is that sad. Now. The best they could do was Joe Biden. Why? Because Joe Biden didn't make anybody freak out or angry. His son did. Conservatives are paying attention, but traditional liberals were like, I don't know, whatever, Biden. Donald Trump, bad. Well, now you don't have a Donald Trump. This is one of the reasons why I think Trump shouldn't run in 2024, at at least as of right now. Ron DeSantis is slaying it down in Florida. Uh, Everyone seems to be really excited for what he's doing. And Donald Trump is extremely, what's the right word? Um, I can't think of the right word. Like, I don't want to say volatile, but explosive. You know what I mean? That if Donald Trump runs again, then all of a sudden the traditional liberals are going to bubble up and lose their minds. And if the Republicans actually want to make gains and, actually, and, and push back on the critical race theory, the insanity, the far left propaganda, you need a DeSantis. Because they're not going to be able to pull off on DeSantis what they did to Trump. Trump does say bombastic things. Trump is headstrong and arrogant. I'm not saying Ron DeSantis isn't, but I think Ron DeSantis is more controlled. They say, overall, during Biden's first 100 days, oh, here's the best part. MSNBC has seen its viewership drop from an average of 1.3 million viewers in the last week of January to 868,000. CNN has plummeted from 1.2 on average to just 749,000. On the online and print side, it's the same deal, with clicks down significantly at most publications. I'll just point out that on my end, we've not really seen it. I mean, there was a period, I think, you know, maybe just after the uh, inauguration, views took a little bit of a dip. Uh, for the most part, everything's to be, everything seems to be pretty standard for this time of year. So, so overall, all in all, for me, Views did go down a bit. I did stop working quite a bit. I, I, I produce less segments nowadays, focusing on other things like the like the vlog. But this is normal for this time of year on YouTube. And everything's tracking fairly normally, as far as I can tell, doing way better than we did last year. Granted, in August, September, October, November, ratings were through the roof. That, to me, is a, is static. It's a blip. With MSNBC, I mean, they were averaging these numbers like for a couple of years, like, you know, for a while and Fox News was skyrocketing, they're plummeting. My network's actually doing fairly well. I don't know if it's just me. Maybe it's because we have more room to grow and they don't. It's possible. But the ratings are in the gutter because people are just sick of this. And I'll tell you what, you look at some of my videos and I track this stuff talking about Trump and talking about January 6 and talking about old news doesn't rate well. This is the problem. For Biden. This is the problem for MSNBC and for CNN. They hit a wall. On January 20th, they didn't have Trump anymore. So they just stop right there. What's the biggest thing we can do? What can we cover? January 6th. No one cares. I know this. There have been some big stories that I thought were important to cover. And then I cover them, and surprise, surprise, ratings are down. And I'd be like, wow. I guess people don't really care all that much about what happened on the 6th or Donald Trump. There was one related to the officer who lost his life and it was a big update. I covered it. Nobody cared. So I was like, well, you know, if it's important and I think it's important, I'll talk about it. Even though I know that most people probably aren't going to want to watch something from almost four months ago now, but they're still talking about it. Why would someone turn on the TV to hear about four month old news? Oh, but there's developments. I don't care. Been there, done that. What's happening now? There are riots on the West Coast. So yeah, they don't, they, don't, they don't care. I think most of us moved on. But CNN, MSNBC, they're trapped in a time bubble. They, they, they can't leave this space. They can't talk about Joe Biden. I talk about Joe Biden. Views do pretty well. Why? Because I'm talking about him honestly. People care. But maybe it's because traditional liberals went to sleep. And this is the real issue. Maybe the reason why my channels are still growing, we just broke a million subscribers over at Timcast IRL only a couple weeks ago. Our, our uh, viewership is doing pretty well. Now, now, granted, our live viewership during the election was insane, but we're well above where we were the year before. We're still growing. Maybe ratings overall are down for everybody. For us, they're going up, comes and goes in waves. Could it be that the only reason people were watching MSNBC and CNN is because Trump was in annoying them? And traditional liberals, people who normally don't pay attention, started to, could be partly the lockdown. And now that's all going away. And maybe the reason my channels are still growing is because uh, disaffected liberals, moderates, anti-SJW types, conservatives, and whatever you may be, are active and paying attention. And it's not the, the, the whims and tides of the orange man that determine whether or not we focus on politics and care about what's happening to our country and our world. And thus, the Democrats have a very serious disadvantage. And of course, you'll then get the, but maybe they want bad ratings. It's, it's, it's a good thing. Oh, yeah. TV news ratings, online readership plunge during Biden's first days. Timcast is growing like crazy. Maybe it's because we just have room to grow, right? I, I think it's maybe a fair point. I'm not, we've never been a massive, you know, vice size enterprise, So starting a new site, we see massive growth. It's because, you know, if there's a billion total viewers and everyone splits them and it drops to half a billion, we're still nowhere near that. So maybe we can still grow as other channels can't, you know, CNN. But uh, maybe it's not fair to say because CNN's not been, you know, doing all that well. But I do find it funny just how miserable everything is. Now, you can say it's because people don't like Biden. You can say it's because Biden's bad on TV, so they keep him off TV. They don't want him answering questions. You can say maybe they really want low ratings. I do think it's that that something should be entertained to to, to be brought up. The less people pay attention to what Biden is doing, the more he can get away with. Yeah, I think it was the Washington Post announced that they were no longer going to be running the presidential fact checking database. That's right. Joe Biden's going to do whatever he wants. Or maybe it's because they couldn't afford it. Maybe the ratings are gone and Joe Biden doesn't talk enough to justify them actually paying people to fact check Joe Biden when he's not saying things. Could that be it? Ultimately, it's bad for Biden. Traditional liberals will stop paying attention. There's no news to to get them all riled up. Then 2020, then 2022 comes about a year and a half. We're going to see this, uh, this election. We're going to see Republicans make an attempt to gain the house back. I think there's a, there's a probability. I I think I'm not sure who's running in 2022 for the Senate, but I think some Senate seats will be up and there's a possibility Republicans could actually take, uh, the Senate back if by, if by only one seat. But what I, what I do find interesting is how people are starting to push back on on wokeness. How they're not having it. You know, I, in my previous segment, I was talking about how I was talking about you know, critical race theory failing in, in in Texas. I think it's in Texas a community voted overwhelmingly to say no to these curriculums. And it could be that without Donald Trump, the left doesn't muster up a battle. It may be the best thing for the anti-woke and for Trump supporters is that Joe Biden won. I mean it, but hear me out. I'm saying maybe, not definitively. Joe Biden's going to do a lot of bad things. The Democrats have the Senate by the tiebreaker with Kamala Harris, and they have the House, and they're going to try and pass through everything they can. But they know that by holding this very thin and flimsy amount of power, because it's, it's, it's marginal, it's very, very slim, You know, at least with Manchin out of West Virginia, Democrat, they're going to struggle to get through everything they want. The problem is... Traditional libs are going to be like, we won, we did it, (sighs) go back to sleep. Now, it's not a powerful hold the Democrats have. If the Democrats had like 60 seats in the Senate and, you know, like 70% of the House and the presidency, uh, they'd be just crushing everything. But they have a very, very slim grip on their power. So they can't do as much as they'd want to. But still, it's enough so that traditional libs stop paying attention. Now come 2022, they're not going to be able to muster up the fight against these Republicans because Trump ain't there. If Trump starts doing his MAGA rallies again, they might. It's tough, isn't it? Maybe you need Trump to rally people on the right. But I'll tell you, the left certainly needs Trump to rally people on the left. The left uh, on the Democratic side. Over in TV land, their ratings are plummeting. If Trump can just stay out of the limelight for a little while, It'll effectively starve out these media companies. I mean, take a look at this. CNN called out for using out-of-date story to hide ratings collapse. Can't get more fake news than that. Liberal Network promotes three-month-old story touting brief ratings spike. Wow. CNN's media page, which constantly updated, featured a story from January 16th by in-house media pundit Brian Stelter, boasting the network's ratings were soaring amid realignment in TV news. The three-month-old story occupied key real estate on CNN's media page, even getting a photograph to accompany the story placed next to recently updated stories. Amazing. The out-of-date analysis claims CNN's ratings were surging historic levels, but it doesn't inform readers. The network has since taken a nosedive, which brings me to today. Oh, I'm sorry, this is from last week. Viewers flee CNN during Jim Acosta's new weekend show after networks ratings suffer. Acosta hosted edition of CNN Newsroom is down 40% in key viewership categories compared to the same time slot in 2022. You did it to yourself. See, I was right about this. I said that the best thing in the world for CNN is for Donald Trump to get reelected because they need him for ratings and without him, they can't do anything. Nobody cares. Over the past four years, I would say more than four years ago, CNN did have an audience of people who watched them for news. I know this because I was one of them. I would turn on CNN and they'd be talking about the news and it was silly and they're pretty bad at what they do, but they would talk about news. They would talk about riots, weather and, you know, severe weather and things like that. Then along came Trump. They realized it was cheaper to not send people out. I think this is best exemplified or, or proven with a Project Veritas expose, where a CNN employee says they used to go out on the ground. They used to report the news. I remember when I saw that video from Veritas and I'm thinking like, yeah, they, they did used to go. There's, there's like pictures of Anderson Cooper out in Waiters standing in floodwaters and, you know, they were in Ferguson. Did they really stop going on the ground? And then I went and looked. For the most part, they did. Now, recently, CNN does have people who go on the ground still, don't get me wrong. But I would turn, I would turn on CNN and it would just be like a panel about Trump. This drove me away. I, I'm not saying I was a fan of CNN. I just have them on in the event breaking news happened. Now, I'm not convinced they'd even cover breaking news, so what's the point? I used to just have it running in the background. So while I'm working, if something happened, they'd be like, Breaking news, we've got X. And I'd be like, Whoa. And I'd look it up and try and figure out what's going on. Then they just started talking about Trump all day, every day, nonstop. And I'm like, Dude, I don't care. I get it. Orange man bad. So I turned it off, switched over to Fox News. Boy, Fox News in the morning had some silly segments. They had one guy come on a couple years ago saying that evolution wasn't real. Sure, whatever. Fox News, you can do what you want to do. But I was like, at least they're talking about things. At least they're saying a protest happened here and the cops said this. And there was some silly hokey morning stuff. But I turned off CNN because I wasn't getting news. Now, their ratings were still going up. Even though someone like me doesn't want to watch it anymore. How is that possible? Because the orange man bad narrative was working. They may have lost a viewer like me, but they gained two more Trump derangement viewers. Okay, so what happens then when Trump is gone? I'm not going back. Why would I turn CNN on again? That's a waste of my time. And their Trump derangement viewers left. So there you go. It's, the, it's, the, it's like eating the poison, the fruit of the poison tree. They saw that sweet, delicious fruit and it tasted so good. But what is it? What is that? What is that thing called? Uh, La la manzana de uh, arbol de los muertos or something. I can't speak Spanish. The the, the, uh, manzanita, la manzanita de arbol de los muertos. Maybe I'm getting it wrong. It's the it's the little apple of the tree of death. And apparently they have these in Florida. I went on like a, a boat, a, a boat ride through like the Everglades or whatever. And they talk about this tree with this fruit that's supposedly sweet. And it's extremely toxic and corrosive and kills you if you eat it. That's what it was. So apparently the Native Americans in Florida, they would tie people to the tree. So when it rained, the, the toxins or whatever, the corrosive would like rain down. It's a horrifying story. The tree of death, the little apple of the tree of death or whatever it's called. Or the little apple of death is another, another thing. I don't know how to speak Spanish, uh, but it's funny. CNN saw this tree and they were hungry and they said, it's easy. We can take this fruit and they grabbed a bunch of it and they all bit into it and it tasted so good. Supposedly one person took a bite of it and it was sweet and then they like died or something. I don't know. Legends, urban legends, whatever. Or Supposedly it's sweet and they enjoyed it and then they all just died from it. Figuratively, CNN decided to consume the little apple of death because it tasted good. It was there. It was a short term gain. And now what? These people are jumping ship. What? Jeff Zucker is apparently going to leave the network now. Been there, done that. You know what? If that's the case, I can only say thank you to these people. Maybe it was bad in the long run. Maybe it was destructive. Maybe, you know, our institutions are heavily influenced now by extremism and, and cult cultist leftism and things like that. But Maybe that's the shock to the system it needed. They, they they shoved CNN so far down to the Trump derangement universe that when Trump left, everything now is there's no resources anymore. They 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 played a dirty game. And I'll tell you what I'll do. There's always something for me to talk about because I just talk about what I care about. And if my ratings go down, it doesn't matter because I'm not running a newsroom with you know hundreds hundreds of employees, and I'm not making content for the sake of pissing off anti-Trump people. I'm just going to talk about what I want to talk about. Typically, I rag on the media. Well, as the media gets more and more desperate and their corporations collapse, I guess I'll have more to talk about, right? And there it is. Joe Biden's ratings in the trash. Traditional liberals will not be there to support any of these people because they're not paying attention anymore. With news ratings down and Biden's speech ratings down, how will the Democrats win in 2022 and 2024? I don't know. They're not going to be able to muster up the same amount of anger. And that means now the Republicans have the advantage. Make your move while they're sleeping. We'll see how that plays out. Next segment is coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.